I'm going to claim Enid for emotional healing. I've walked in some some wounding that is fairly ancient, and uh, you know it's only when you pause, thanks Lee, and, and and take stock of your life. You know some things we get used to, and we make peace with them, and we think, oh well, life in a fallen world, one day it's all going to be fine. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm talking stuff, you know. 50 years old, you know, and, and that's not good enough for Jesus. Hello, Johnny. Hi, Mickey. <laughs> you know, who's, who is the savior of the world and who doesn't do things by half measures and uh, will not be satisfied until we are whole. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I just want to talk a little bit about Jesus this morning. Amen. All right, Chris, I'll take, that. I'll take your lead. Anybody else that has that sort of issue in their lives? Yeah, besides myself, who's just been walking it, you carry it. It's just kind of always there. It's a little bit of a stone in your heart when you consider it, you know. It disappears for months, years, but it's just always, it's become part of who you are. And, and that is just one of the lies of the enemy that, that, that is included in our DNA we say no in Jesus' name. So for myself, Lord, and for anybody else in the house who's carrying a weight that you never intended them to carry, Lord God, who is still dealing with scar tissue, Father, that should be now rendered tender and sensitive to you, Lord Holy Spirit, that is something that they themselves have felt they've had to had silence, silently bear. It is a secret or it is, it is just the way life is, Lord, we renounce that lie in Jesus' name. And we step into your grace for wholeness, Lord God, for you would take that part of that, that little bit of stone and replace it with flesh, mighty God, that we would be like children who are able to rise up and dance in your presence with great joy, Lord God, and cause the enemy to tremble because of what you have done in the hearts of your people. Lord, we receive our healing. We receive wholeness. We receive peace and shalom in Jesus' name. Yeah. So if that's you, smile. Yeah. Yeah. Smile. Haven't we said one of the best defenses in this insane world that we're in right now is just laugh, right? Just laugh at it. And uh, I didn't coin the phrase, did I? Um, Look, I'm not going to preach this whole thing this morning. I do want to say, prophetically, I feel we're in a very interesting place. Um, the elders and, and we were sharing last week, and we 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 affirmed um, uh, that you know all last year was this was this um, that for everything that COVID had brought, everybody pretty much has enjoyed COVID. If you're a believer. Because you had different perspective, different uh, reference points. And so we're, we're all celebrating the miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle. And we are absolutely celebrating that God was gracious enough to press the reset button for his bride. He didn't leave us the way we were. He didn't, he didn't leave it up to us to fix our apathy and our laziness and our blindness and our slow thoughts and our downcast eyes and our religious spirits. He didn't leave it up to us. He said, okay. 
okay, it's time. They need a little help with that. And so he took whatever strategy the enemy had afoot. He said, thank you very much. I'll just flip that and use that. That's perfect for my needs. And he's brought glory to himself. And he's brought life back into his bride globally. And so our passion is that we wouldn't go back the way we were, but that we would continue on this journey. And so last year was very exciting. And it seemed like the flood of what God was speaking and saying last year never ceased Every week, it was like, what do you, what do you share? Hey, Stu, what do you preach? Because it's just, it's just coming like a, like a flood. And, 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 and God was speaking and speaking and it was exciting. Whether we did it, you know, online or just posting or, or live streaming or you yourselves in, in smaller fellowships, you sensed that the Lord was in your midst, that He was guiding, that He was, He had taken us by the hand and He was doing this on purpose. And how exciting was that? Yeah. And then we came through the end of last year and we did our 10 days of all and we came into the, into, you know, the, the holiday season, into Christmas and now we're into February and now we're somewhat, we're, we're kind of going, and, right? And what, what now? And here's what I've perceived just for the moment, guys, not, not very profound. I think you'll all sense it is that we've come We've come to an eddy. We've come to a whirlpool. We've come to a pause again in the pause. And I believe we're only about halfway through in this initial thing that God wants to do in the church. But we are right now in a pause. It's like you're in white water and enjoying the rapids and the waterfalls. And that's the very first thing I ever preached in this church 20 years ago, 21 years ago. And, uh, and, and now we're, we're, the, 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 the um, terrain is the same. The journey is still being before us, but we're we're just we're not caught, but we've been put into a little whirlpool, a little side eddy, where we're all catching our breath. We're all just kind of going, oh, it is kind of pretty here. This is wonderful. I wonder when we're going to get back in the white water. But there's a there's a pause happening. There's an eddy. There's a there's a this is a moment before we get caught up into the full stream of God's purpose again. It and it reminds me of of, of Revelation eight where we read that that poignant moment where it says there was what silence remember in heaven and the scripture says for about half an hour <laughs> you know before the seventh seal was opened yeah i really believe this is one of those take a breath moments and haven't we found that this morning oh thank you god reminding us of who we are and who you are and allowing us in, in fair income reality to step into your throne room and declare you to be holy. And not to have it be just a nicely sung song and a nice moment. Yeah. But you meeting with us, reminding us of who you are. How, how beautiful was that? Yeah. These are moments when in the purposes of God, a person is either going to be He's either going to choose to move from God or to God. And one of the messages in this pause, in this whirlpool, in this time of eddy, in this time of take a breath, this silence, is God is saying, choose. Come closer or go further away. There's no middle ground. Judy, you've been picking up on this too. Yeah? There's no middle ground. 
And it's not to come with shame or guilt or a heavy hand, but it's just the gentle invitation of the Father who says, come, come closer, come closer. And in the environment God has created right now, this eddy, this pause, it is our choice to come deeper with him, more intimate with him, or to, in standing still, find ourselves further away from him. Let me just read from Luke. Um, this is bouncing off. I was reading in Exodus because it, Exodus 18 was the, the synagogue reading last week. And that's that well-known passage. You remember when Israel had gathered around the mountain and God invites them near and then they shout out, Moses, you go talk to God. We, we can't do it. Because they saw the fire and the earthquake and the, and the, and the, and the cloud and it was too much for Israel to bear. And it says God was testing them. And fair enough, but there's something in there that we have sometimes overly simplified. We've glibly said, well, look at Israel refused intimacy with God and we, we pat ourselves on the back, you know, in comparison. There's more going on there than that. It's not that simple. But I want to take that verse and, and, and reckon that when, when God comes among his people, again, the choice is either to stand where you are and as a consequence find yourself further away or to move closer. Now, Jesus has made the way, right? Jess told us the door's unlocked. Yeah, the, the, the veil is torn. And if in Exodus they refused to draw near for the holiness and the fearsomeness and the wonder and the mystery and the awesomeness and, and scariness of that encounter with God on that occasion, Jesus came. And he is the exact representation of the Father. The exact representation of the Father. The outflowing of who God is. And I found myself in Luke 13 from verse 10, Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath, and there was a woman who for 18 years had had a sickness caused by a spirit. She was bent double and couldn't straighten up at all. Then Jesus saw her, called her over, and said to her, Woman, you are freed from your sickness. And he laid hands on her, and immediately she was made erect again and began glorifying God. But the synagogue official, indignant because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, began saying to the crowd in response, There are six days in which work should be done, so come during them and get healed, but not on the Sabbath day. But the Lord answered him and said, You hypocrites, does not each of you on Sabbath untie his ox or his donkey from the stall and lead him away to water him? And this woman, a daughter of Abraham, as she is, whom Satan has bound for eight long years, should she not have been released from this bond on the Sabbath day? As he said this, all his opponents were being humiliated. And here's the point. The entire crowd was rejoicing over all the glorious things being done by him. Everyone rejoiced. In these two ideas from Exodus and from, and from Luke, I, I, I see this counterpoint. When God comes among his people, there's a choice 
either in fear to remove yourself from his influence or in faith and wonder to step into it and just simply rejoice without complete understanding. But isn't it beautiful that Jesus measured the woman's... He didn't say, oh, you need healing, and he heals her. He says, she's been oppressed by the devil for 18 long years. He, he understands where you're at. He understands your journey. He knows your history. He doesn't, he doesn't give it the flick. He's not cavalier with the things that concern you or have cost you deeply and profoundly. He knows precisely where the scars are and how they were made. He knows. And 18 prophetically is a number that speaks of, several times in Scripture, oppression. Whether it's the enemies of Israel oppressing Israel for 18 years, or a woman in her desperate need for 18 years, or 40. God knows, and he's more than willing to come when the time is right. And, and simply lay on hands and say, you are freed. You are freed. And Lord, we receive that freedom this morning. We receive it into our lives, into our experience, into our minds, into our hearts, into our bodies, into our finances, into our children, into our spouses, into our marriages. God, thank you, Jesus. Isaiah 25, verse 9, Behold, this is our God, for whom we have waited that he might save us. This is the Lord for whom we have waited. Let us rejoice and be glad in his salvation. He is the Savior of the world. All right, I'm going to carry on just for a few more minutes. I'm going to try and compress this because I feel it belongs, and then we're going to come around the Lord's table. Of course, after this episode with the healing, Jesus then goes on to teach the kingdom about the mustard seed, and about leaven and the bread. And so, again, we marry them together. This is who he is. This is who we are. This is what we do. We influence around us in the same way that Jesus did. Yeah? Matthew 10, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. Freely, 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 freely you received. Freely give. Yeah. Oh, gosh, Lord, maybe I should pray for her. Yeah? Just let it flow like water through your lives. Let boldness replace reticence in our lives and the religious habit of this isn't the right moment, or I might be embarrassed. Oh, God, change us. It's time, Lord God. You are the one for whom we have waited. Lord God, let us rejoice in what we see and be glad in the salvation that is manifest around us. How will we transform ourselves, our Marriages, our children, our lives, our community, our nation, our world. Well, it is really rather simple. It is Christ in you. Christ in you. The same one of whom we've read this morning. The same one that we have celebrated and of whom we've declared. 
The answer to all these issues is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Glory is another word for the character of God. God's character is his glory. It is the thing that is most ineffable, unmeasurable, beautiful, beyond description. It is his glory. And Christ in you speaks of him in you, his character in you, his heartbeat in you, his passion in you, his agenda in you. God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of his mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory, we proclaim him. God is making our habits, our thoughts, our values, our priorities just as beautiful and real and clean-minded and strong and pure as Jesus is. He's doing that. We're not there yet, <laughs> but that's that doesn't uh, absolve you from stepping out into the work that Jesus did, even in our imperfect state. Even the most mature and wonderful believers every once in a while have to, have to wrestle with the old man who's trying to wake up in the grave. Yeah. He's trying to rise up again. Some of us, I, I remember, you know, um, Graham, um, who's the prophet? Graham. Yeah, Cook, good old Graham Cook. He, he used to use the illusion of some of us spend most of our time as believers trying to defibrillate the old man, resuscitate the old man. So half the day we spend on our knees, mouth to mouth with the old man, you know, pumping his heart, trying to get him going. Leave him alone. He's dead. Don't try so hard. Yeah. Walk in newness of life. I found uh, 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 something that John Lake said in the, in, the, in the sermons of John Lake, which many of you have read. He said, the real secret of the ministry of healing is in permitting the grace of God in your heart to flow out through your hands and nerves into the other life. It's just what Enid was saying. It's not me. It got nothing to do with me. It's Christ in me. So have some of that. But by faith, be conscious of the fact that you are releasing him. Australian is to somehow suggest that they are in need of something and most Aussies just don't want to don't want to cop that they just don't want get over that because God's going before us he's going to break down the way he's going to break the bars of of of, of iron and the, and the gates of brass he's going to make a way for his love and you carry that love it's time it's time to get out there and speak of the love of God to somebody that you have no clue about Whatever is required, the moment that God presents, take it in Jesus' name. Let me just one more thing, and then we're going to come to the table. The, I, I felt to read this quote from, uh, from Aristides, who was an Athenian orator. But it's just a beautiful description of the body of Christ in the second century, early second century. So we're talking the year 110, 120, 
all right? Just a few decades after Jesus ascended to heaven, you know, Paul wrote the book of Romans in the, what, in the mid-60s? So we're talking just a few decades after that first generation of powerful men and women start exploded out into the world. And already this is the description of Christianity from the viewpoint of a non-Christian, of a Greek who watches the community grow. He says, the Christians know God and trust him. They forgive those who oppress them and make, up, make them their friends. They are good to their enemies. Their wives keep marriage pure. Their daughters are chaste. They love one another. They don't refuse to help widows. When they see a stranger, they, per- they receive him in their house and rejoice at him as at a brother. At any, uh, if any among them is, is poor or in need, they fast for two or three days in order to satisfy the needs. They obey conscientiously the commands their Messiah has given them. Every morning and every hour they praise God and thank him for his goodness. They are the source of all that is beautiful in the world. They don't speak publicly of their good deeds, but take good care not to be observed by any man. They are in truth a new people, and there is something divine in them. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that wonderful? There's coming a day again when this will be the heart cry of the pre-believers who encountered the body of Christ in the earth. It's coming. God will have it. He will have nothing less than this kind of testimony and more than we have seen over the last centuries. Yeah? We need the love of God to flow out of us like water. What can you accomplish with the love of God? Well, the love of God never, what? Fails. It never fails. Try it on your wife. Try it on your children. Try it on your neighbors. Try it on your employer. Yeah. Christ in you. You have the capacity to love. Christ in you. Let's put the tables out, guys. I need some help with that. Tim, anybody? Just put them out here. Christ in you. Isn't that what communion is all about? Right? It's not just a religious act, remembering a far-off death of a distant Messiah. We need, we need this faithful action. It is a mystery. It is, it is impossible to write a theology that defines what transpires here in the next few minutes. It is absolutely impossible. Yeah. It is a mystery, but here's the reality. We are taking the body, the broken body of Jesus into us, Christ in us. We are taking his shed blood into us, Christ in us. And having Christ in us, we go out to release him to the world in love, in Powerful love that breaks down every resistant, every wall, every barrier, and reaps a harvest for the king, for the father in the house. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. And when Jesus encountered, you know, on that occasion in, in the Gospels where Jesus said, unless you eat my bread and drink my blood, you have no part of me. And hundreds, if not thousands, of nascent followers drifted away because it was too hard. Remember, 
When God presences himself, when he manifests, when he reveals himself, you have a choice. Either you step away or you step nearer. Yeah. And he said to his remaining disciples, are you also going to leave? And they said, who else has the words of eternal life? Yeah. But I guarantee while they're saying that, they're going, I have no idea what you just said. What does that mean? But I know I'm compelled. I still have to stay near you because you're the source of life. And so to you to you and I guys this morning, our theology is not watertight. We are not experts in the law or the ways of this amazing, beautiful God. We are lovers of him. And you know that when you fell in love with your partner, those of you that remember that, you surely did not understand everything about them. In fact, that was part of the fun, is the mystery. And the next date, when they surprised you with something you had no clue about, or the 20-year the anniversary, when all of a sudden, really? For 20 years? And I didn't know. Who knew? Really? And so the wonder creeps in again, or the, or the annoyment. But this is the God who has allowed us to come near and to embrace him and to touch him. And yet he will never be captured by us. But he deigns to live in us. <sighs> come on. That's good. Galatians 2.20. What? I have been crucified with. It is no longer who lives in. What? It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live, I live by faith in the, in the Son of God who loved me, who loves me, and gave himself for me. So come and, and let him embrace you again this morning. And you, in response, embrace him and take him in and then let him out. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Father, for the wonder of your ways, for the wonder of this moment, for the wonder of this morning. Thank you, Father, that you've been in our midst and among us, and you're here even now, Dad. Father, it's your house. And Jesus, dear Son of God, Son of Heaven, Mighty One, Brother, first and best of us, Jesus, will you flood us again? with your presence and your power and your life. Oh, we want to be more like you. We want to love like you, Jesus. Thank you that you wash us again clean of our sins and make us a habitation worthy of your spirit. Bless you, Lord. Amen. Jesus said on the night he was betrayed, this is my body broken for you. Eat this in remembrance of me. And afterwards he took the cup also after we'd eaten supper. And he said, this is my blood shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. As often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you remember my death. And you thereby remind yourself that you no longer li live in, under the influence of death because Jesus died for us. 
And so all manifestations of death in your life this morning, as you take this bread and, and wine and grape juice by faith, death falls off us. And life displaces death again.